Welcome to Curiosity Taught the Cat, Extinct Edition. These are the episodes where we talk about, you guessed it, extinct animals. The Earth has had so many amazing creatures on it, it felt unfair to only talk about the ones that are with us right now. We'll talk about ancient dinosaurs, all the way up to things as recent as the black rhino. We hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to Curiosity Taught the Cat, Extinct Edition. I'm Jack. I'm Julia. So this week, we are talking about the Glyptodon. And I just wanted to do this real quick just to let everyone know. We plan on making these episodes a little shorter. We don't plan on making them terribly long. One, because there isn't a ton of information about these creatures. We just want to get some new creatures in the mix to talk about that nobody may have ever known about because they're no longer around and there was no reason to ever really know about them. So Julia, get let's go. Start us off with the Glyptodon. So the Glyptodon, which its name actually means grooved or carved tooth, which, you know, helps in the naming of it. We'll get into that later. It was a big thing with the name of this. Um, but it's also sometimes um, referred to as the giant armadillo. Um, and that's because when you look at it, I mean, it's it's pretty much an armadillo. You know, that's the first thing you would think of with this animal. Um It has a pretty big head. It has a spiked tail. It has, you know, a big domed shell look. Um, And its feet are actually pretty big as well. They Mm -hmm. kind of have, like, these claws on them, big paws. And they literally just look like giant armadillos. And Julia keeps saying big, but let me me put it in perspective for you how big. So, Glyptodon, right? We're saying giant armadillo. The size of the Glyptodon was about the size as a Volkswagen Beetle. There was an armadillo roaming the earth at one point that was the size of a Volkswagen Beetle and weighed about 4,000 pounds. So, to give perspective, when Julia is saying big, she means big. Yeah. (laughs) So, like Julia said, the main characteristic of this is it had a shell almost. It almost looked more like a turtle shell more than an armadillo shell. Now, that shell isn't made of, like, bone like the turtle shell is, or um, uh, chitin, but... More like the modern armadillo shell, where it's just like really, really, really tough skin. It's I think it's called like osteoderms, I believe is the term for it. It's just really tough skin, essentially. And then for as for where this creature lived, it was mainly in North America. At some point later in its life, it started migrating towards South America when the uh, when Panama kind of came to be because some volcanoes rose up out of the ocean and it created a connection from North America to South America. And then to give an idea also of how long ago they lived, so the the range of years that the Glyptodon was alive was about 2.5 million years ago is about the start to about 10,000 years ago. So humans were alive at the same time as Glyptodons, and we'll get into um, how that dynamic might have played out. So as far as the habitat they lived in, they're pretty diverse. So they can live in cold grasslands, Humid forests, uh, or humid forests, subforests, um, and then some remains have also been found near the Amazon River Basin. So kind of like a tropical, um, wet climate, um, and just the di- diversity of you know this drier forest to a completely like tropical rainforest um, is probably why it was around for so long. Yep. And one interesting thing I learned while doing this research that stuff I've never really given too much thought of to is the Glyptodon is very, very similar to a dinosaur called the Ankylosaur. 
And people would see that and they might be like, oh, see, mammals are related to dinosaurs. But that's not the case. It's not that they're related. It's that their circumstances and the environments they lived in were so similar that they adapted in a very similar way, which is a very interesting thing we see in evolution in the fossil record sometimes, where it's creatures that have no relation to each other at all, but were so similar just because their circumstances and environment were so similar. Because the uh, glyptodon, if you look up pictures of the fossil or like some renditions of what it might have looked like, it's that armored, bony-looking structure, but then it also almost had like a club-like tail that was thought to have been used for defense, similar to the ankylosaur. So... When this animal was actually found, Darwin was the first to claim he found it, um, but it was actually discovered around 1823, um, and it was briefly mentioned in a letter. So they found a uh, femur bone and part of a a tail that they thought was part of a giant ground sloth called Megatherium, but they later found out that it was actually part of of the glyptodon. And so that's when it first came about that they discovered this animal. And like I said, the name is, it's, it was a bit of a, I don't know how to say this. It was an, it was an argument. Basically there was multiple people that gave it multiple different names. Um, and they finally settled on glyptodon. Um, it was actually given by Sir Woodbine Parish. So that's a fun name. Um, and they all agreed on the name because it was the same genus that they um, got it from, basically. Uh, one interesting thing I learned about that we still are debating with the glyptodon, because the problem is all we have are the bones. That's all we have. We don't know exactly what was attached to the bones and how it might... We can get a rough idea of how it looked. There's a little bit of a contentious theory going around that the glyptodon had a trunk similar to an elephant or a taper. Uh, just based on the bones and how we think muscles would have attached to those bones around its nose and whatnot. Um, but I just thought that that was a very interesting thing. And it gives credence to show, like, like there's the whole how dinosaurs, how we're constantly changing what we think they look like, is because we truly don't know. We can theorize and we can come up with ideas all day, but all we have are bones. And that's how we have to guess and that's what we have to base it on. What we can discern, though, based off their bones, though, is their jaws were clearly very powerful jaws. So the theory is that they ate very tough plants, essentially. So they had to have really strong jaws and teeth to help grind up and chew those plants. Uh, so that's most most likely what they would have been doing is very thick, fibrous plants, which is pretty similar to like a modern-day armadillo, just on a smaller scale sort of thing. So we've talked about this armored tail that it has. And at first, scientists thought it was a like defense mechanism of some sort. Um, You know, like predators attacking it, it can use its uh, tail like a club to attack. Um, But they did later find out that the amount of force it takes to break the the shell of a glyptodon is the amount of force the tail has. So they think it might have been used to attack other glyptodons at some point in time. But, you know, we're still not completely sure about that. Yeah, so think in the comparison that I saw with that, think like deer antlers like yes bucks can use their antlers to fend off other creatures and fight but for the most part what those bucks are mostly using those antlers for is to fight other bucks in the the male on male sort of like competition sort of thing so that's where this theory that it was used more for interspecies 
fighting rather than a defense mechanism. Uh, one other thing we believe about the Glyptodon was that they had very poor eyesight. Um, it's what's called raw, rod monochromacy. Um, it's basically where your best light sort of situation is not too bright and not really dark. You like dim light usually, and that's usually about where they sit. Uh, so that would be our theory about the Glyptodons because it's similar to other mammals similar to the Glyptodon. Uh, so they think that the the tough carapace, the large body, the tail were defense mechanisms to help adapt to the fact that they can't see very well. So they didn't necessarily know when a predator was coming. So if you can't see it, you better as well be able to take a hit sort of thing. So the theory of how these animals, um, you know, came to extinction, it's still under like review. We're not exactly sure, but our best guess is that human hunting drove it to extinction. So like we said, this creature overlapped with, you know, humans on Earth um, for a minimum of 4,000 years. So they were together for a pretty long time. Um, and, you know, they thought these uh, humans hunted them for, you know, their meat, their shell for protection and housing because they were so large. Um, and because they were most likely slower creatures... Um, they thought that humans just hunted them so easily that they came to be extinct. Yep. And with all that, that pretty much concludes our very first episode on an extinct animal. Uh, please let us know what you think. Uh, we just thought this would be a fun addition to our normal episodes to include some creatures that people would have absolutely no idea existed. We hope to do more fun ones similar, similar to this going far back like we said millions of years ago to maybe we do something as recent as something like a black rhino sort of thing so please let us know what you think of it but we will be continuing with our regular episodes every wednesday these extinct episodes will premiere the first friday of every month I'd also like to thank my friend, the musical artist known as Shades, for creating this amazing intro and outro for this podcast. I highly recommend checking out his other work.